middle of worship, I believe his brother John gave a tongue. Hallelujah. I've been praying that the manifestations of the spirit would increase. And uh, they are. We are seeing breakthroughs. And, you know, as long as there's a tongue in the middle of the congregation and there's an interpretation, it is correct. It's not out of order. And that might be something that you first experienced for the first time. Well, that's okay. Uh, scripture, it's scriptural. And praise God for it. Because he's speaking. He's speaking. He's told us in his word how he will speak in the sanctuary. And that's one of the ways. It's not just by the preacher. And we desire, we are to desire. It says that we want all the gifts, but especially prophecy. Tongues haven't ceased. Healings haven't ceased. It's not over yet. God is still at work. He has not come back in the flesh again, riding on a white horse to wipe out everything. We are still here with the Holy Spirit. Watching him move in power. Amen. Miracles have not ceased. Tongues have not ceased. And I want you to know as your pastor, we are a spirit-filled Baptist church, which you've probably never heard those two words put together, but we are a spirit-filled Baptist church. And we desire the fullness of the spirit here. According to his word, not outside of his word, according to his word. And I do my best um, that the things that we do will always line up with scripture. If they don't, we have to change them. His tongue, his interpretation, his prophetic word will not disagree with his word. If it does, there's something wrong. And it's not God. All right? So I want to encourage you in worship. We want to, des we desire the Lord to move. And I don't want him to move the way I want him to move. I want him to move the way he wants to move and for me to receive it. I want him to give me the desire for how he wants to move. And then that be the way I want him to move and him move. It says that he gives us the desires of our heart. That doesn't always mean he gives you what you want. It means sometimes he gives you the desire. He gives you, the, that's right, he changes your wants. But I think also like a good father, he gives you your desires too. But when we line up with his word, when we line up with his spirit, when we line up with his church and his kingdom, our desires begin to take on his desires. And that's good. That's what we want. We want kingdom agreement. Not kingdom conflict. Kingdom agreement. And, uh, you, you know, I don't know if since we've been going through this, if you guys think I'm on some prosperity kick, I'm not on a prosperity kick. I'm on a bless the blessings of God kick. And God is a prosperous God. God desires us to prosper. So why not expect to prosper? It's a promise. We have been looking at the abundance of God, the source of God's abundance. We've seen that he is the only source of all that is good. God is the source. We saw last time, we started to apply this. We saw two scriptures last time, two promises. Oh, fear the Lord, O you saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. And then Psalm 84, verse 11, 
It says, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Both of these scriptures show us two clear promises that God wants to provide everything good for his people that they may need. He shall supply our need. He shall supply all of our needs according to his riches. All. All. But do you remember there are conditions? Even in these scriptures right here, there are conditions. There are conditions, and there are three. We saw this last time. I'm going to finish up uh, um, reviewing right here. We must, number one, fear the Lord. Did you catch that in that scripture? Oh, fear the Lord. There is no want to those who fear him. It doesn't say, if you're a child of God, you will have no wants. It says, those that fear the Lord will have no wants. Did I, I need the cricket sound. That was the psycho sound. No, the cricket sound. No, those who fear the Lord. I was reading today in my scripture reading today that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You want to start to get wisdom, spiritual wisdom, start fearing the Lord. You may say, well, what does fearing the Lord mean? Hallelujah. Start a study. Start digging. You know, I think, I don't know, if, I don't remember who it was. It might, might have been Billy Graham or one of the, uh, is it Bill Bright? I don't know who it was asked, but some, one of these big, huge evangelists that's seen evangelism, it's seen Christians come by the hundreds of thousands. He, they were asked a question, what do you regret? And he says, I regret reading books about the Bible rather than, I regret reading the Bible, I regret not reading the Bible more than reading books about the Bible. Did that come out right? <laughs> I regret that I didn't read the Bible more. I read books about the Bible. Books about the Bible are great. I read them. But what they're saying is the answers are in here. Here. You start searching, you will find. So many times I have started and said, Lord, I don't understand this. And so many times I've felt the presence of the Lord say, it's okay, just keep going. Keep going. You know, it goes back to Sunday where the coach kept telling Pete, keep shooting. Just stay in it. You'll get it. You'll get it. If you don't have a one-year Bible, can I encourage you? Get a one-year Bible. It will change your life. Not the one-year Bible. The Bible. Or the one-year Bible. Fear the Lord. Number two, seek the Lord. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Those who fear him, there will be no want. Those who seek him, you won't lack anything. And finally, walk uprightly. For the Lord is a son, God is a son and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Do we have to put action to our relationship Yes. Yes. Somebody say yes. 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 Thank you. Provided we meet these condition, conditions, Scripture says God will not withhold any good thing from us. I love knowing that if I do my part, 
that the people over me will do theirs. There's nothing like doing your part and the people over you not doing their part. Right? There's not much, there's not, there's not many feelings that can give you that feeling of, I've done my part, but why, why won't you do what you say you do? God will never leave you there. He'll fulfill his part. If you will just start right now, and even if you just wrote these three sentences down and just every day, Lord, I want to fear you. Show me what it means to fear you. I'm going to get in your word. I'm going to seek you. As I start to find out what it means to fear you, I will be seeking you. Check, check. Now, Lord, the things that I've read today, the things that you're speaking to me today, help me to walk it out. Help me to walk it out. And then, God, your word says you'll make every need provided for me. Provide for me today. That's not greedy. That's not pulling the slot machine. That's saying, Lord, I trust you. You know what that's saying? That's saying, I trust you, God. And I'm counting on you. And I'm relying on you. That's good. All right. Let's keep going. The obedience factor. <laughs> obedience. Obey. Oh, yay. Obey. The basic principle that is consistently emphasized throughout Scripture. Obedience to God brings prosperity and abundance. Obedience to God brings prosperity and abundance. If you would just consider just for a second what God says in Deuteronomy chapter 28. I've been talking about this. I talked to you about it Wednesday night. I talked to you about it Sunday. This is the scripture that everybody likes to quote. But never do we quote verse 1. Always what's quoted is I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed coming out. Blessed will be my kneading bowl. Haven't quite figured that one out yet. Blessed will I be in the city. Blessed in the country. But we leave out verse 1. And you know verse 1 through 14. Blessing, 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 blessing. Yay, 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 yay. And then comes verse 15. Wah, wah. And... Unfortunately, it goes verse 15. It's only 14 little short verses. And then it's 15 through 68. What is it? 68. Bad stuff. I don't ever hear anybody say, I'm not blessed in the country. Or blessed in, not blessed in the city. We don't quote those scriptures, do we? If you don't follow, if you're disobedient to God. And we're going to look at both. But first the blessing, then the curses. But before we do that, you've got to look at what is the essential requirement of, of obedience. And it's stated in the opening words of uh, Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. If you, if, if, everybody say if, if, if you got it, if, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. Obey, obedience begins... With listening. I want to encourage you. Sometimes when you hear a tongue, you want to get uncomfortable. But turn your ears on. Listen to what word comes forth. Because it may be just for you. You've been praying for God to speak to you. That's one way that he speaks. Do we not come into the sanctuary to experience God? Then listen. In worship. Listen, as the pastor or as a speaker is speaking the word to you, be listening. 
And I don't mean necessarily just to the words that they're speaking, but the Lord will start speaking to you through what he is saying. Have you ever had the pastor or been at a place where someone's preaching the word of God and all of a sudden your answer comes to whatever it is that you've been waiting for? Or something gets dropped in your mind and it's like, man, I'd not thought of that. Well, what do you think just happened? Joe McGee talks about, you know, I struggled with this. When I would read my one-year Bible, I'd have all these thousands of thoughts to try to distract me. And I would sit there and fight it. Joe McGee said, don't fight it. Get out a piece of paper and write down the thoughts you have and get them out of your way. Because your brain will start working when you start reading the Word of God. Your brain starts working when it starts to take in His Word. He helps you remember the things you couldn't remember. Write it down. If I don't write it down, I'm going to be thinking about that the whole time while I'm reading. But Joe says, write it down, get it out of your way and get back to reading. We, it, obedience starts with listening. The path to all blessings begin when we start to listen to God's voice. The path to the curses of God begins when we stop listening to his voice. And let me encourage you, this same principle runs through the entire Bible. Obedience and disobedience. Jeremiah chapter 7 verse 23 says, Obey, uh, I'm sorry, here's the flip side. If you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God. Here at this point, the two paths divide. They divide. But in uh, Jeremiah chapter 7, Obey my voice and I will be your God and you shall be my people. What makes us His? Obedience. You know what? You might say you're God's child. But when you don't obey. He says, if you obey my voice, I will be your God. And you will be my people. That's a good word for somebody. What marks out the people of God? Obedience. And it carries over into the New Testament. John chapter 10 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Obedience is not just an Old Testament scripture. It's New Testament. It's the essential mark of those who truly belong to Jesus. They hear his voice and they follow him. Everything depends upon whether or not we hear the voice of the Lord. And the primary way to hear the voice of the Lord is through his word. 99% of how God speaks to me is through his word. He speaks to me in worship. He speaks to me in my prayer life. He speaks to me... Uh, in many different ways, but the primary way is by his word. Don't forget what it costs to get this to us. How many people died? How many people suffered for us to have this word? Do a, do a history study of the Bible. This came at a price. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. Now let's have a little fun here for just a second. Deuteronomy 28, verse 2. 
If you don't know these scriptures, these are some ones you want to know. These are some ones you want to say, but you can't leave out verse 1. If, do you remember? If you obey. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. You want to know what's good? If you will obey, you don't have to know what 2 through 14 is. They'll come find you and overtake you. It's good to know. It's good to know that when you are blessed, you know where it's coming from. God's trying to say, I'm going to show you what's coming if you'll do this. So that when it does happen, you're going to be confirmed in my word. Your faith's going to grow and you're going to believe for more. But if you'll believe, all these blessings will come and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Verse 5, blessed shall your, be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. He will bless you in the land which the Lord, your God, is giving you. Verse 9. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the if, there's that word again, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Then all peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. Verse 11. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. Verse 12. And the Lord will open up his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Right there is your fight against debt. If. Big if. If. And the Lord, verse 13, will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commands of the Lord your God, which I command you today and are careful to observe them. So you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right or to the left to go after other gods and serve them. You know, I don't know that I've ever caught this. I've read this scripture over and over and over. But what it's saying is if I'll obey, it'll keep me from not obeying. Did anybody catch that? I won't turn to this to the other words. I won't turn to the right or the left and try to serve other gods if I'll obey. Notice how all-inclusive all the phrases are used here. All to which you set your hand. All the work of your hand. All. i do it again. Everybody say all. He talked about your work. He talked about your home. He talked about your fruit. Your family, your produce, the rain, all. He didn't leave anything out. All. 
Deuteronomy, it says it again in Deuteronomy 29.9. It says, therefore, keep the words of this covenant and do them, that you may prosper in all that you do. Not just one thing is going to go successful. All that you do. The blessings promised are in exact proportion to the obedience required. Total obedience brings total blessing. No area of our life is excluded. No room is left for failure, frustration, or defeat. There is no room for anything but success. Now, I'm almost done. I won't be long when it comes to the flip side. Let's look at it. Let's look at one of them real quick. But it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. How many knows when you're doing bad, you don't have to go looking for more bad to come? It'll come. You don't have to go looking for it. It'll show up. It'll be at your doorstep before you get, get home. It'll be in your mailbox. It'll be at work. It'll be at church. Am I the only one? It, it, I don't have to go looking for it. The blessings work the same way. All we can do is focus on the negative. But the blessings work the same way. We've already seen this basic point of departure from God is not listening to his voice. If you go back and you trace the history of tribes, of nations that have gone away from God, it always begins with them stopping listening to his voice. They stop listening. Often the, the beginning is subtle and hard to detect. You know, we can sometimes even continue to maintain doing the right things for a while, even when we stop listening. Do you catch that? You, could ha you can have moved away and not listening anymore and kind of still maintain doing good, but eventually it will dry up. And you know how Satan works? He does not remove you from God with one, like ripping off a scab. It's a, we've talked about this before. It's a slow move. You just get a little bit of separation. And then the next time it's a little bit more so that you don't even notice. I'm still as close to God as I was last week, but you're not. And then you're away a little bit more and you're getting hard. You're getting cold. You're getting colder and colder and harder. And now you've got bitterness, you've got unforgiveness, you're mad at everybody. You're mad at your wife, you're mad at your kids, you're mad at your parents, you're mad at the government, you're mad at the president. Who else can I be mad at? And all of a sudden, God, God's out of, out of the light. He's not even in the room anymore. And you think you're still there. I'm doing good. Everybody else is doing bad. And you think you're still there. Satan's got you. He's the deceiver. And I've said this before too, if you think you can't be deceived, you're already there. You're already there. Let's look at one more curse. You shall grope at noonday as the blind man gropes in the darkness, and you shall not prosper. The Bible is consistent with itself. Just as prosperity is a blessing, so not prospering is a curse. It shows us a little bit farther in verse 47. 
He says, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. Now, I want you to catch this. Let's pause here just for a second. And I want you to see that this verse states that the positive will of God for his people is that we serve him with joy and gladness and we receive the abundance of everything. You don't always just look at a verse and just take it with its first meaning. You can always uh, um, take it literal. If because we didn't do this, then the opposite must be the opposite of what was stated. That probably didn't make any sense. Because you didn't serve. Well, if I will serve the Lord with joy and gladness, then I will receive the abundance of everything. Look at the negative. This is the next verse. This is what you get. Therefore, you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger, in thirst, in nakedness, and in need of everything. Look at this just for a moment. Hunger, thirst, nakedness, need of all things. No food, no drink, no clothes, nothing. Sum that into one word, poverty. And let me tell you, Poverty is a curse. Absolute poverty is a curse. And next week we're going to pick this up, dealing in the way that Jesus dealt with this curse of poverty on our behalf so that we can be totally liberated from its effects. Poverty is not of God. If you are continually coming up short, I want to encourage you, Get in the word, fear the Lord, seek the Lord, and walk uprightly. You're not perfect. You're going to fall down. But like I told you, my dad would never spank me as long as I was working and doing. It's when I was disobedient. Did I tell you all that story? I ran over the lawnmower. Probably cost him five, $600. That isn't why I got in trouble. I got in trouble because I disobeyed. Let me just tell you, that's a good daddy. That's a good daddy. My dad didn't do everything right. He's not here tonight, so I can really talk about him. But that one, he got right. I didn't like it at the time. But it wasn't for me to like. That wasn't the intention of that moment. It was to teach me. Allow yourself to be taught. Allow yourself for the word of God to change you. God wants to bless you. But he's not going to be a bad daddy and give you what you, don't, what you don't need. He's going to give you what you need. And he's going to watch you and help you to fulfill what it is that he's calling you to do. Because he knows if you'll fulfill it, everything else is going to start to fall into place. It's scriptural. It is no different than putting a seed in good soil and that seed producing a plant. It is no different. That same law that goes into that ground and through that seed is the same as God's law. When we take his seed and place it and allow it to grow, it will produce according to his word. It will do it every time. Every time. The hard part's going out and putting the seed in the ground, keeping the weeds away, watering it, tending it, talking to it. 
laboring over it. But it's coming up. And then you see it and you don't have the fruit yet. But it's coming. You know, you don't have to do anything to make that plant produce fruit. It'll do it by itself. You don't have to lay hands on it. It'll produce fruit. When you start getting the word in you and you start walking it, it is going to produce. You know what it's going to do? It's going to come find you and overtake you. You don't even have to go looking for it. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not looking for your blessing. I'm looking for you. Your blessing's going to have to go pretty fast because I'm coming fast after you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for tonight. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I ask you to help us to take the first step, Lord, toward the fear of the Lord. Help us to take the first step toward the fear of the Lord. You're not a mean, dictating, manipulative God. You're a God full of love and mercy and compassion. Abounding in love. Lord, help us to start to walk this out. And Lord, I ask you to meet our every need. To bless us in every way. Lord, help us to do our part, to obey. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. We thank you for our salvation. We did not have to pay a cent for that. We just had to receive. Now we've received it. And let us show you that we are your children. Thank you, Lord. I just ask you specifically, heal my wife and my child. Lord, these people, on these, these that are sick in our church, Lord, over Michael Malone and Mabel Davis. Lord, over Lauren Grizzard's family, Lord, her and her family, over Carol Lewis and Serena Surridge, Lord, over Mr. Gonzalez. Lord, we just pray for your complete breakthrough, your complete provision for Jim Gianni. Lord, get, bring healing into his body. Bless our church. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Hope you have a great rest of the week. Hope it warms up.